You're listening to Culturally Speaking. This is Janice. And this is Neha. And we're here to talk about all things cultural. Okay, well, I think we've got a really, really fun episode today. We've got a guest on with us today, um, and I'll uh, let Janice kickstart it off, but I think it's going to be a really fun episode. Yeah, so this week we have Daria, who is from Russia originally, but spent pretty much your whole life growing up in the UK, and um, she works in the city. And I'm going to leave Daria to actually tell us what she wants to talk about this week. Hello. So thank you for having me, first of all. Um, so yes, yeah, so to continue your guys' theme of different cultural, quirky cultural elements, I was going to tell you a little bit more about Russia. And um, because it's such a big place, basically just a bit of a disclaimer that obviously my understanding of traditions and superstitions and everything else is what obviously I know um, from my family who are mostly from uh, the southern part. Yeah, because Russia is such a massive place uh, with over yeah, 140, probably actually 160 different nationalities with their own languages and traditions. Just a little disclaimer, basically, in case I offend anyone or don't do it justice, do what I know is from uh, Caucasus area, basically where my family originally from. So there we are. I think to be fair, at this point of our podcast, we're way beyond that. (laughs) We've both um, caveated, I think, pretty much every episode that what we share is our view of the world pretty much so don't worry about it cool (laughs) excellent so you mentioned there's over 140 different nationalities Mm -hmm. um so what are they I mean obviously there's a very big Slavic contingent I'm assuming (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah so historically yeah the central part of Russia as you kind of probably know it that's where the Russians are <laughs> what what you what I don't know what people would think that like what Russians are and then obviously because of um a different sort of like traditional expansions etc and obviously the Soviet times um there is kind of you know originally there's loads of different ethnicities um so in the south you've got a particularly actually really diverse um area because you've got um different ethnicities that you know you have the, the Chechens, you have Georgians, Armenians, you've got people from Dagestan, um, you've got all sort of different Caucasian ethnicities basically that are originally, you know, kind of from a mountainous area and they have got their really strong mm-hmm. um, identity. Then you've got the Cossacks, which are basically the Russians who went south back in like 18th century, I think, um, and settled that area. So um so yeah, and obviously you kind of have like a bit of Ukrainian uh, kind of Cossack contingent as well, but that's basically originally where Russians in the South come from. They basically moved down around that time period. And same goes for, for Siberia too. But then obviously there you've got um, different groups that already, you know, kind of lived there, like the far northern um, sort of sort of different uh uh, people you know like the people with the reindeer herding and stuff like that and obviously the more close you get to China you have um uh, sort of like people actually well I don't actually know like all the names for every single different um nationality if you like but you know all the different ethnic groups basically the further east you go um they're kind of I guess closer ethnically to being Mongolian a little bit um so yes it's a massive massive melting pot of lots of different culture so I think one thing that always surprises me when people think of Russia is just think that everyone is tall blonde um 
I don't know, it's from Moscow and that there's no life beyond Moscow, basically. So, so just to clarify, there's a lot of life beyond Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, think about how big the landmass is, right? Like, just, it is the biggest country in the world. So you are going to get a complete mixture, as you said, like, and over time, I guess when you was an empire as well, it extended and grew so much from the European side of things all the way across to reaching Asia as well. So yeah, I was just going to say, um, so what quirks do you think are like the most misunderstood things about Russian and Russian traditions that do you think there are out there? Well, first of all, the language, right? Can we just, just get it straight? Just because people are straight talking doesn't mean that they're rude or want to run you over all day every day. <laughs> Or if it's people speaking <laughs> in Russian to each other, it doesn't mean they're having an argument. I know it's maybe to some people sounds like a harsher sounding language group. Um, I mean, I disagree personally. Um, but yeah, when you hear Russian people talking, doesn't mean they're having a massive bust up in the middle of a hotel. They'd probably just have a conversation. So let's just bust that myth right there. <laughs> I think funnily enough, we get the same, like as Chinese people, we get the same reputation because our language is very, you know, they're very short sounds and they sound quite harsh to someone who doesn't know the language. So it does sound like we're always shouting as well. Ah, but we're not. I mean, we're quite a mild people. <laughs> I'd say the opposite though. Like I learned Russian very briefly. I'm going to, again, caveat this very briefly in high school, but I just always thought it was really like romantic and like it's very yeah, witty language. I like the sound of it. Yeah, I thought so as well. Like they've got some lovely like phrases. Oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're on my side. I'm glad you're on my side because mostly, you know, if I'm on holiday with my family and we chat to each other, and then it, you know, especially if a Russian person then speaks in English, so like my mum has got she's got a very very thick accent. People literally run scared because they think she will she's just very direct or she is um very unhappy about the service or something when she's just genuinely just trying to ask for something <laughs> so um so yeah so I'm glad with uh we've sorted that one out <laughs> um on on the, on the other sides as well, I think you know obviously this is a subject close to your to your heart um but but in particular you know the food it's not just all potatoes okay it's not just all sort of um and caviar just dough-based stuff I mean caviar we'll, we'll keep we'll have a caviar yeah well we'll keep that one um okay but, yeah, but I'll, I'll potatoes that. are great though I do love potatoes but I mean every single region has got its own different cuisine almost so that's what people don't really understand and one thing that winds me up in London when you've got this like weird Eastern European fusion restaurants and they just label themselves as Russian I'm like no what is this we don't eat this this is all a malicious lie so watch out people <laughs> give me a really good like infamous russian dish from like where you're from or your family would eat well my and my family we just love um this very specific barbecue which to be honest a lot of russian people do anyway but from where my granny's you know my granny's recipes and stuff marinating um sort of meat with really nice lemons and tomatoes and garlic that kind of marinade um and just have a massive barbie basically but it's not done it's more like a shish kebab I guess like in a way it looks but it's like a massive one so you would have like this big massive metal stick that you would put a lot of meat on um rather than like little slices 
if you know what I mean. Oh, so um, okay, I think I do. I think we're gonna have to Google this. We'll put it on on the Instagram post when we. What when is it called? Well, in Russian, it's called shashlik. Okay, so it is shashlik, but in a Russian way. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, because exactly. Because like where they are, um, it's, it's all like very fresh. It's like you have very nice markets. You know, we pop down on Saturday or Sunday when you literally have got all the freshest stuff. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of sort of barbecued fish as well. Lots of barbecued um, meat. I mean, it is meat heavy. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> Would I struggle as a pescatarian? Would I live on like potatoes? <laughs> no you would be absolutely fine because there's a lot of fish as well but I mean if you're completely even fish free I mean yeah that might be a little bit tough um literally have some cabbage (laughs) that's the thing I always think I know this is really like I always think there's loads of cabbage soup and that's probably really wrong no to be fair there's like there's one yeah yeah borscht is that can be vegetarian right yeah it can be during those times actually yeah, it does no. have beetroot okay. in it as well. So there's oh. two types, basically. So there's one with meat and one with just cabbage and veg. And that's all to do with Lent. So we're obviously in Lent now. Um, and in Russia for Lent, if you're doing it properly, you're supposed to basically pretty much go almost like vegan, I guess. So you, you're supposed to completely not have any meat, no oil, no milk, no eggs. I think you're allowed like some, maybe butter, some oil or something on, on some days, to be honest. Um but yeah, it's pretty strict. But yeah, a lot of this kind of like vegetarian type dishes, they've been created uh, basically for people who are doing Lent properly um, and the sort of church going. So I guess that's where that side. Of- yeah. So we in the episode we did about carnival, we talked about this because it is exactly that. Um, because carnival, like the Latin der- derivative of it is farewell to the meat, which is what we talked about. So, yeah, I think it's quite common, like all over the world right to in a time of Lent to really strip back what you eat and make it very veg focused and like no dairy nothing kind of seen as indulgent I think it's very like Spartans kind of not Spartans not word (laughs) Spartan (laughs) frugal 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 is the word that's the word ah interesting so Speaking of Lent and all things religion, am I right to say you don't do Christmas the same way? Uh, well, first of all, it's on a different date because we're Russian Orthodox. So it's mm-hmm. very similar. Well, it's basically, you know, same, similarly similar church to obviously like other Orthodox churches around the world. Um, but because church calendars are different. So Christmas is not on 25th. It's technically the night. Uh, from 6th to 7th so a little bit coincides like in Spain where you've got the three kings come on that date we actually have Christmas on that date um, so yeah and the twins it's more of a family event it's a very private event it's not um, it's not one where you would have loads and loads of people over to your house it'd be a very private family do in my experience anyway where you would go to church service probably overnight if you're very religious you would be uh, like at the church overnight uh, during the sort of prayer time and then you would have a uh, like a family meal basically at home around around that sort of time um but yeah it's uh it's yeah it's different <laughs> is it as commercialized or less so as you said like is there the giving and exchanging of the gifts in quite the same way like the decorations all the connotations we have in the west over a very commercialized christmas so for us it's actually new year so new year is a much bigger 
thing an event I guess obviously it comes from Soviet times when all religions were banned anyway but people still wanted to celebrate so you'd still have your Christmas tree and things like that but you would have it up for New Year opposed to 25th of uh, December and then you would keep it up almost until the end of January because there's a lot of different other events that go on throughout January so there's Russian Christmas you've got the christening of Christ as well um, which is basically you could actually this is an interesting one because apparently you can um, you're not forbidden by the church to do fortune telling around that time so that one week between I think leading up to the christening of Christ I think that's when you're allowed to go and tell your future so traditionally young girls who used to live in villages etc would throw a shoe out the window and whatever way the shoe would point um, they, that means your husband would come from that area um, and well from that direction whatever that meant and <laughs> um, yeah, and then there's some real spooky ones. So, for example, you could apparently see your husband to be in the mirror. So you're meant to light candles in front of a mirror, in front of two mirrors at like midnight, I think that particular week, and stare in, in like a corridor that's basically formed in between two mirrors and the candles shining into the mirror. And there's lots of spooky stories, apparently, of you could see a silhouette of someone and then they scare you or something like that but apparently it works and then you could see who you're supposed to marry during that time as well so that's clearly quite a big topic of uh of fortune telling it's all about marriage um and same for your luck as well like you could um basically melt a candle I can't really remember how you do it exactly but you're supposed to melt a candle into this massive kind of jug of water and the way the candle uh melts will form sort of shapes and then from those from those shapes you would be able to tell what awaits you going forward that year so if it's like flowers it could be either good or bad so it could be that you know it could be a lot of funerals going on or it could be a wedding um or if it's like a horse it's meant to be extra good luck because I think traditionally obviously if you owned a horse that was obviously quite a big wealth status so yeah so still a lot of his things are kind of left over um but yeah that all happens in January of a sort of quirky weird uh, fortune telling situations um and then you have the old new year what's called the old new year so that's basically oh god I think it was going back to like 17th century again all the calendars were different so before they lined all the calendars to be sort of uh the Gregorian calendar yeah exactly so that yeah so the old new year is basically the original new year's day that people used to celebrate if that makes sense but that still yes. stayed that tradition still stayed to this day so as a result in Russia you have I think it's eight or nine uh, days of national holidays basically from new year's day onwards so people can party away take part in all these different events and yeah January is a bit of a party month really so before when we were having a chat, Daria, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned something about a house elf. Oh, the house elves. Oh, God, yeah, it's going back to sort of like Russian folklore. But to be, to be fair, a lot of people, like in your episode, when you talked about um, in China, a lot of people tend to be superstitious. It's the same in Russia. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people believe that you've got kind of good spirits living in your house. Um so they're called, um, apparently every house has got a damavoy, which is basically means a, like a house elf <laughs> or like a house spirit uh, that's meant to protect your home. Every home, every family is supposed to have one. So they're supposed to keep evil spirits out of your house and they are technically the master of a house. So they look after your home. They apparently live in a corner. They're obviously invisible. Um, so um, do you, what, what do you need to do to kind of stay on their good side? So apparently you're supposed to put a glass of milk out 
and some sweets every now and then in a corner of your kitchen because apparently that's where they live. Um, and then they look after your home and spoke all the, all the baddies away. Um, but they're also supposed to tell you if, if good or bad things coming to you. There's a lot of, again, like spooky stories or whatever. Some people um, kind of been telling others that um, they get waking up, been, been known to apparently been woken up in the night by someone almost singing to you. Um, and apparently, you know, you can ask them if you get woken up with a singing or someone shaking you, or you could feel someone stroking you, you're supposed to ask, is this for good or a bad? And then they tell you if it's for good or a bad. I know. Wait, what if it's like bad? Well, then it's bad. Like then, then there's like a death coming in a family or something like that. And there's nothing you can do to like ward it off or protect yourself. No. And they're apparently supposed to warn you in super extreme situations only, um, that, you know, it doesn't happen like every time you're about to, you know, get like a nice email at work. I don't get woken up every night. <laughs> like, <laughs> a true story. Has the house elf ever woken you up? Uh, no, not not me personally. But my granny swears to God that, yeah, she had some episodes. But who knows? Who knows? So does this elf follow the house or the owner? Or the family? Technically the family. So if you move a house, you're supposed to take your house, you're supposed to do this little um, ceremony, I guess, to invite them with you. Um, so yeah, but also... What if you don't like yours? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe they don't like you either, so they so they force you out of the house. Who knows? They just spook you all the time. Yeah, that's true. House self-emancipation. I know. But also apparently it's not... So, you, so one of the reasons as well, it's like one of the really silly traditions is like before you go away on a trip, you're supposed to sit down in silence for just a few seconds. And um, that stems again from basically kind of, uh, well, fooling bad spirits into believing that you're staying when you're actually going. And that's supposed to, you know, your house is supposed to protect you and, you know, give you good, um, a good journey wherever you're going. So there we are. <laughs> I just want to know now if you have like milk and sweets in your kitchen right now for your house elf. <laughs> I actually don't. I actually don't. Oh my gosh, Daria. I know. I need to get I need to get some out. I need to get some out. Um my granny swears that the dogs bark at This bark is at it. Him. We believe this. So we th- say, like in Indian culture, if the dog like how ha- like barks a lot, it sees death. And it knows yeah. that death is coming to the house and it can sense the spirit. What if you don't have a dog. Even like dogs in the neighborhood. And honestly, like I never used to believe this, but when I was a little girl, so my, um, at my grandma's house, um, there used to be a, a family friend and they had two dogs and this dog would not stop howling for, I mean, weeks. And then somebody very close to them did pass away. And, I don't know if I like it was a, a thing because they say dogs can sense even within like their owners, right? Dogs can like sniff out tumors and things like that. So maybe there is something in this that animals are sensitive to another sense that we don't have as humans. Hundred percent. I think I think it's more likely that than anything supernatural because you know you, we've all seen in the news about kind of healing dogs and cats who can smell cancer cells and. It's probably just a level of sense that humans don't have. 
yeah and to be honest like I had a similar story as well and in my family one my great-grandmother wasn't very well she had this little adopted dog called Button and the night that unfortunately she passed away Button was howling non-stop (laughs) I know little Button um is little Button still with her no Button has also passed away because yeah that was of quite a few years ago now but but yeah yeah that is such a cute name though oh button for a dog yeah (laughs) he's a cute one he's a cute one um but yeah but you know what the whole household situation doesn't stop just at your house so if you live in a village you also have a yard elf whatever they're called so basically in russian they'll be called um i think so (laughs) so they're supposed to be a master of your um backyard or your yard if you live in a village right this is where this all this kind of folklore comes from right so they're supposed to be kind of warding off evil spirits from the livestock that you would keep like you know from your cows your goats your dogs whatever you you know whatever you uh, your hens whatever you've got going on um and yeah and then if you venture down to the river you've got you've got a river spirit living there as well called Vedinoi. <laughs> so he's apparently living there with the mermaids um and they can be good or bad so we can either save you or drown you so who who knows <laughs> so there's a spirit basically for everywhere <laughs> we have the same for elements of the earth like you know like the air the wind the, so that's the same thing actually like the wind the water that kind of thing yeah but you know what i find fascinating that you know despite all these um things obviously coming from you know, days way before kind of Christianity and, and the kind of the, the bigger religions, right? That they still kind of coexist today, right? Like in Russia in particular, you have people church going on Sundays, you know, they're every Sunday super religious, but they are absolutely convinced that they have a house elf living in their house. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a really interesting concept that, you know, you can't certain things just stay for centuries and just get passed down. And, you know, they absolutely have, have a place in the in kind of everyday life I guess still it's it is an interesting dichotomy between as you say people that very much believe a religious ideology but also will just continue doing traditions because they're passed down I think and that's the really interesting thing about culture right it's what you've typically it's what you've experienced or learned through your own upbringing and then you pass mm-hmm. it down because their children will probably do the same right Nobody knows why, but they will just keep doing the same thing. And also, you know, like for example, where my mum grew up, um, you know, so so a street, like you wouldn't just have people of, of just one religious ideology, which, you know, a lot of people think that a lot of Russians are just Christian. Um, in reality, you know, we've got every single religion present. And when my mum grew up, for example, you know, it was a really strong Muslim community, it was a really strong Jewish community. So like, it wasn't even part of, well, I guess under communism, like religion wasn't really a, a thing anyway, but people still practiced it. But it's a completely different view. Like there wasn't really any, I mean, like, that part of Russia in particular like that's not there's not really that whole question of divisions do you know what I mean it just it just never really kind of came up and that's um how we all grew up like it's just um wasn't really part of a of a of a of conversations I guess you know because everyone's just like lives together in the same street everyone's like hanging out so you you naturally would uh just have lots of friends and then family as well right from from different kind of um religious ideologies in the end yeah, it's kind of like London, really. 
Yeah, exactly. It's got everything here. All right. So I guess to end this, will you teach us how to say something in Russian? Okay. Well, since this, this is wrapping up, um, the svidanie is goodbye. And I would like to say spasiba and udachi to you guys, which is uh, thank you and good luck. You've been listening to Culturally Speaking with music by Kevin McLeod. Please rate and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Get in touch with us on Instagram at Culturally Speaking Podcast or via email. You'll find all the details in our show notes. Tune in next week for more culture. Until then, stay cultured.